0: Hi there, my name is Jonathan. I'm the host here at The Venue RX, and our mission is to document and share the best practices for building, owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues. Our company, Common Sense Events, is a venue management company that consults, manages, and operates venues all over the US. I'm here to share the mindset and methods that have worked for us in the past and are working for us now as we continue to build our venue management company. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider subscribing and sharing this, and let's get to the show.
1: We purchased the property and we already had equity in, in it already. We already had about $70,000, $60,000 $60, worth of equity at the time of purchase. Um, so the, the building was worth you know X amount of dollars, like say 460,000 plus the land, we paid 400, we already had $60,000 in equity. Plus once you put your 20% down, right? now that equity went from 60 grand on up so even if you know from that perspective it was a it was kind of like a good deal you're listening to the venue rx podcast
0: what's up everyone jonathan here with the venue rx podcast and on this channel we are all about documenting and sharing best practices around owning and operating world-class wedding venues and bringing you as much of that knowledge and information uh, as we can about what it takes to run a really successful wedding venue today we have another one of our wedding venue owner series and i'm really excited about these because this is that opportunity to kind of peel back those layers and really understand what the day in uh, day out life of a venue owner looks like and you know where different people are at in the different life cycles of their business. We've talked to so many people who are you know, at the beginning, uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, people who've owned venues for 10 years, people who've owned venues for two or three years, and today we have the really special opportunity uh, to talk to somebody whose venue is not fully open yet. And so this is really special for me. I'm so excited to welcome Dwayne Williams to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Uh, thank you for having
0: me. All right. Well, I am excited to dive into your story, understand more about your venue, Magnolia Springs, and just kind of where you're at in the process. But before we do that, I love a good origin story. And I want to know just a bit more about you and, you know, how you started, what possessed you to start a wedding venue. <laughs> and so, yeah, take, take me back.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. So again, uh, my name is Dwayne Williams. Um, I am the president and CEO of uh, Mac Enterprise Consulting. As well as Mac Enterprise Tax Services, um, where we do a lot of, uh, you know, business-to-business consulting, as well as show uh, business owners how to actually properly uh, run a business, structure it properly, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my wife, Andrea, um, she actually owns a uh, microblading uh, company, uh, so we're no stranger, strangers to actually running and operating businesses. And the wedding venue was very interesting because we've always. Uh, as when, when we came together, we always stated that we, we wanted to do something together. Um, and, you know, I know she was very interested in a number of different things. And the wedding venue, we kind of toyed with the idea, but didn't really understand a lot of it until we uh, recently got married in May of this year. So going through the entire wedding planning process, seeing it from the consumer side kind of helped us as we, you know, took on this venture from a business perspective. Um, So we, again, we understood business, but not from the wedding venue uh, perspective. So we always, uh, so we both live here in, obviously here in uh, Houston, Texas. We've been here for a number of years, but we are originally from Lafayette, Louisiana, where we were born and raised. Um, And so we've always desired to actually be you know, open something back home in Louisiana, just didn't realize that it was actually going to be a wedding venue. And until, you know, as we were starting to plan the wedding and going through all of the different, you know, the good, the bad, the wedding planner, you name it, um, is when we really started to realize that um, there's a lot of, you know, potential money that can be actually made if it's actually done properly. So uh, for our wedding, uh, we used our wedding in May of this year. As a somewhat of like a showcase of what we, of what our taste buds were like for for a wedding, and what we would like to see as we uh, open our own venue, and I think um, you know going through that process kind of literally motivated us to kind of take this journey. And um, I can tell you, it's definitely been a journey since we decided to take this on. Uh, it's been very exciting, learning a lot. Um, I I have literally become my own general contractor in a lot of ways. So there are just a number of different layers that we're learning in this process. But our overall goal was always to um, have this particular venue be um, our, our, our firstborn venue, if you will, because our, our overall goal over the next several years is to make sure that we can actually duplicate that um, in different cities around the world.
0: I love that, and I love that you're kind of starting with the end in mind, but let me get this straight. Did you have the idea of having a wedding venue before your own wedding in May?
1: Uh, No, no. Again, it wasn't a full, yes, this is what we were going to do. Um, We were toying around with the idea and not understanding a lot about it. Uh, We were, you know, listening to shows like this one, um, trying to understand, and then, as we were planning the wedding, because we we had we we were engaged for about a year and a few months, so throughout that entire year and a few months process is when we were you know courting the idea of opening one. And one day, we went back home in Louisiana. Uh, we had a relative who's a realtor um, kind of show us some properties. I mean, she had been sending some stuff, you know, here and there over email, but we took the drive down there to just say, let's just go take a look and uh, we found an offer we couldn't refuse.
0: Wow, that's, that's incredible to me because a lot of times I hear from venue owners, you know, they, they have a property in the family that's been there for four or five years, or I hear like, you know, they purchase a property but it takes them several years to get going. You guys, you, I love it. I love, the, I love the impetus, the momentum. You're just like, hey, we're getting married. Hey, we know that we have a, a feeling of what this could be like. We have a vision for this, we're gonna do it. We're here in November now. May was, what is that? Five months, six months, something like that. I mean, you guys move fast. I love that.
1: We purchased the building in February of this year. Got married in May. Um, You know, We did some things once we purchased it. And then uh, about a month, the month of the wedding, uh, I would say three weeks up until the wedding, we kind of paused on the building and just focused on the wedding. I mean, we had a wedding planner, so that helped as well. Went on our honeymoon in the Maldives. Uh, came back. It's been full steam ahead ever since.
0: Wow. So, did you get married at the venue? No, we got okay. married
1: uh, in, in our, well, it's, it's we got married in Conroe, which is about 45 minutes outside of Houston. Yes. Um, and yeah. It's okay. kind of one of those things.
0: No, I was going to say, because I didn't know if you guys, like, literally, you bought the venue, then you got married at the van. I'm like, my goodness, I love that.
1: So we we, we bought it knowing that uh, we, we had to remodel, um, especially to give it the look and feel that we wanted to. So we knew we had to remodel uh, the property. Um, we learned how much remodeling <laughs> it needed as we got into it. But yes.
0: Okay, so and I have all the questions about that. So, I, and I'd love to kind of dive into that side of the business because I think we probably have a lot of people who are listening to the show, watching on YouTube, who are like, they're considering, you, you know, do we want to get in this or not? What's the process like? So, this is why I'm really excited, honestly, because like we get this firsthand account. It's not something you did eight years ago, like you're doing this right now. now. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's kind of pull it back and pull back the layers a little bit here. So you purchased the property in February. Did you start immediately? Well, first, how did you, how did you fund it? What was the funding for it? how did you actually get into the building?
1: Ah, now that is a different animal. So, um, you know, in, in business, you always have to take risks, right? So you actually have to understand that, you know, if, if you're able to get funding, great. If you're not, you know what are some of the alternatives so we went into it with the idea that we could pretty much maybe fund it. you know ourselves with you know using the money from our, our current businesses and things of that nature um and kind of funded ourselves with the the hopes that you know we had a we had a particular target in mind of how much we thought it would cost to go ahead and remodel um, so the initial thought was purchase the building, use the funds that we have, remodel it, get it open. Six months, hey, have a, have, have a wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, what, that's what our intent was. So we have cash flowed this thing all the way up until now.
0: Wow. Wait, you've cash flowed it up till now? okay yeah so wow that's insane okay so you go from your business owners you got a couple other things you basically invest a lot of the stuff that the money that you've made there into this new property um did you did you was it kind of like an all cash purchase did you do did you have like a go through a traditional lender a bank
1: no so we went we went through a a bank so we we had to put the 20 percent down uh, on the property and then we did an interest only for 12 months. Uh, interest only loan for 12 months. And then the, the actual remodel portion of it, all the construction costs, um, we were going to fund out of pocket. We Got were going to just, what we had, again, not really knowing a lot about how much the construction costs were. We did have an idea. We knew what we wanted to do. And plus, we had already started talking to a few people Uh, Tapping into some of our resources, uh, people that are already in the, you know, construction world, getting some prices and looking at some of the other things that we had going on with our businesses, we was like, you know what, we can go ahead and uh, take this on and um, without having to go to a bank for the construction money, because ideally, what we wanted to do, our goal was to actually pay off the building within the first year. We didn't want any debt going into it. We wanted to pay for the construction ourselves, knock out all of the costs. So that way after year one, everything is just pure profit at that point. That was the goal. And that it, it was an aggressive goal, but that's kind of how we uh, uh, approached it.
0: I have every confidence that you guys are going to so crush you. In fact, we have to have you on the show at like your year anniversary to kind of nice. come full circle. We're going to have to do that for sure. So, Tell me, because your, your your venue is gorgeous. Like, I want anyone, you know, when you get a, a second, we're going to have the links for the venue in the description, Instagram. You know, like, you have to check this venue out. It's really pretty. I think the the way that they did the website especially spoke to me, because it's very different than I've seen other websites. Just the layout, I thought it was really cool. So you'll definitely want to check that out. But. Talk to me about a little bit of this construction piece here, because you know you kind of alluded to it a little bit. There may be some surprising parts, or maybe it was a little bit more expensive than you thought. Um, kind of talk to me about your perception going in, and then what you know now, being kind of six months out of that out of that uh, process from when you guys opened.
1: That's a, that's a very good question. So my perception going into it is again we we, we saw the property, we knew that just uh, looking at the property that. It needed some, you know, some elbow grease, some, you know, some TLC, if you will. Um, we knew that we had to, you know, it, it doesn't have any parking, if you will. It sits on on uh, a little over two acres, so there's a whole bunch of grass. So we knew we had to, you know, you know, either decide that we want to go asphalt or concrete. We knew we wanted to knock some walls down and things of that nature. Um, what we didn't realize was because of the history of the building, Uh, A lot of things were out of code. Um, It it was our understanding that, you know, obviously the the building was a well-known building in the community. Everybody knew who owned it. Everybody in the community used it. It was literally the only place in that particular area that people were using for, you know, for any little thing, receptions, banquets and stuff like that. So we understood that the entire community knew exactly what the building was. But. When we purchased it, uh, we realized that a lot of the things that were grandfathered in, um, that grandfathered in didn't necessarily count anymore because we are new owners and it was our responsibility to get the building up to code and the building was out of code bad. Um, it was completely out of code. Um, and, and again, we knew we had some things that we, we needed to work through, which that didn't give us any pause. I and mean, nothing really gave us, any, gave us any pause. The sticker shock came when we realized as we were, as we, we, we knew what we wanted to do with our vision and what it would take to get there, literally now taking everything apart almost, you know, breaking up concrete, rerunning plumbing and stuff like that. That's when we realized like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. And yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be something. Um, But we knew that it was going to take a lot. We didn't realize how much it would take because of the cost, right? When we first started to get bids and stuff like that, that was all things based on what everybody saw. Mm -hmm. But as we started to, you know, tear down walls and understand where we needed to reroute things, we understood it was gonna cost more. For a prime example, uh, the uh, the restroom, the it all runs off of uh, a septic tank, right? So it's not, you know, anything else. It had a septic. The septic was just, uh, they had just fixed the septic, had a brand new pump and everything. However, because of our occupancy, we were literally increasing it by double, we had to get a brand new septic. So the work that was put into the septic before they sold it, it it was a waste at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have to imagine, so our building is 10,000 square feet. The previous owners only used 5,000 square feet of that. The other 5,000 square feet was just a warehouse. They just housed a whole bunch of stuff. We come in, we want all of the ten thousand square feet to be used. Um, therefore, it required us to actually go from a fifty-gallon uh, septic to a hundred-gallon septic, mm. and it's
0: substantially point, different.
1: The snow, the snowball just kept just kept coming, and we, we understood it.
0: Well, and it's funny, you said, you know, gave you pause. I don't think you guys have paused at all because like you, you've been on you've been on such a, a breakneck pace to get where you're here now. I mean, six months, seven months, I mean, it's a short amount of time. Um, so t- talk to me about the venue itself a little bit more. You have 10,000 square feet. Is it all indoor, indoor, outdoor? Kind of what do the facilities look like for any, anyone who's listening, who's not yet looked on the website, you know, um, what what is... Kind of give us a little bit of description of the property.
1: So the the, the property and the building is, is very unique because we there, there's a lot of things that we are uh, that we're implementing that we feel that uh, will definitely be new to the industry. So we have 10,000 square feet of of, of of space indoor, and it sits on a little over two acres where we're going to actually use the majority of that for parking. Uh, but part of that uh, there there was already an existing concrete slab in the back of the building. And what we decided to do was, instead of housing the storage room and things of that nature inside the building, we decided to you know, have two huge 40-foot containers act as kind of like a, a barrier wall, if you will, where we're gonna dress that up to have that be sort of like our outdoor space for people that want to actually use it on the outside but on the inside you're going to have a a a chapel slash you know place where you would get married um the foyer and then the reception originally before we understood the fire marshal code we were going to have a a second story for the bridal and the groom suite Um, however we now had to put that towards the back of the building um, and because of, you know, fire marshal code. So the foyer actually has, uh, we're, we're gonna have a 360 bar because we're gonna have our own bar and liquor license. So half of the bar is gonna be in the reception area. Half of the bar is gonna be in the foyer. But the way that we're actually, uh, and then, you know, you have your, your, your kitchen. So we're not, we're not building a commercial kitchen. We're building a kitchen that uh, basically is a warming station, a prep kitchen. Uh, plus, you know, your your restrooms and stuff like that. But the way that we're constructing the building is, it it won't just be used for just weddings, right? We're going to be able to use it for uh, team building activities, uh, different conferences and stuff like that. So for people that want to use the facility during the week, they can do so as well. Mm -hmm. And so the chapel won't necessarily look like a wedding chapel. It would be a good space, um, a huge space with a lot of windows, Um, that can actually go from a wedding chapel to a breakout room or if somebody wants to rent half of the space. Um, And then, like I said, outside, we're going to have the bridal and the groom suites. And instead of having the storage where we would keep our chairs, tables and stuff like that inside that would actually eat up some of the square footage, we're going to use one of those 40-foot containers. Um, We're kind of getting that outfitted to actually be climate controlled. And one of the other special things that we're, we, we have been working on is um, oftentimes when you go to wedding venues, um, there's no kids allowed, you know, um, for whatever, you know, everybody, everybody has a preference. We didn't have any kids at our wedding, but you do come across people who, for whatever reason, they, you know, they, they have to or they want actually kids to be available. Um, and because of the liquor license, you, you know, you have to be careful of that. But what we're going to do is actually um, have a on-site daycare facility. Uh, so we're gonna kind of repurpose one of these storage containers just to act as a small housing for you know, place where daycare or kids can kind of go, where we're gonna actually have licensed people that can kind of oversee some of the for, for people who cannot find a babysitter, for people who just have to, you know, have the kids. We wanna be able to have a, a separate space for them so that way, you know, the bride and groom can have their wedding of their dreams but also be able to have their kids taken care of as well. So there's a number of different things that we're kind of doing to just make it a, bit, you know, a little bit more unique uh, for, for us.
0: And that is unique because I can't tell you how much of a, not a problem, but like an obstacle, I think, that people think about, like when they think about weddings, because if their friend does have a wedding, like I have five kids. So if my wife and I are getting invited to a wedding, we're like, okay, which, which of the grandparents are taking them? Like, where are they going? And sometimes the grandparents aren't available. Sometimes the grandparents are invited, right? So, you know, you kind of have to think like, okay, what are, we, what are we gonna do with the kids? If it's an environment where you can bring them, there's toys, there's books, there's, you know, whatever, a TV, what have you, that, let me tell you, like would make my wife breathe such a sigh of relief because she's like, okay, yeah. great. We can have everyone come, but I can still have my time. I can still, you know, do the pictures and do all that stuff without having the kids run around. So that's very, very interesting. The, you mentioned the property was previously like, uh, it was being used for events, but in a completely different capacity. So talk to me a little bit about how you've started marketing and then, and then really quick, just so I'm clear, you're not open currently. You are taking bookings. Is there a, are you completely done with the construction or where are you at in that process where like, where are you sitting today?
1: So right now I would say we are about 80% complete. We still have uh, still have the parking to complete. um, And we've been waiting and windows have been a pain. It takes a very long windows have been on back order. Um, So with the windows and one of the interesting things that we um, that we are in the middle of processing is according to the space, we have to have fire sprinklers. But the cost for fire sprinklers, what we did was for the first, you know, I would say maybe six months is what we kind of thought, and then we're, we're, we're shifting along the way. In order for us to be able to open pretty quickly, we have to be able to reduce our capacity under 300. That would remove the need to have fire sprinklers, as fire sprinklers are very expensive. Yeah. Well, we can actually do a fire alarm system as long as we keep our capacity at two ninety nine, which is ideal because we had always been advertising that you know we could do weddings up to you know two hundred and fifty guests. Yeah. And we now know that as we're going through this whole fire alarm, you know, issue that the cost to add the voice evac is it's only you know, a couple extra grand if we add it now and then add the sprinklers later versus doing it all at a separate time, we realized that that would be a significant amount more. I'm talking 20, $30,000 more. So we're at that stage where we're now deciding to just do everything that we can internally for the sprinklers without actually doing the water part of it. So that way, whenever we get to a place of, okay, we got some bookings coming in and stuff like that. Hey, add the fire sprinklers. We have the money for it. It'll take a couple of days. I you do know how long it takes, but we've already done the things hardwired already. So that's the approach that we're taking.
0: That's brilliant because you're totally like you're preset, you're pre-wired for it almost. So now, you're ready to go, like you said. You get some of those bookings going. Now that's going to be a future project. I can't tell you how many even va- even the
1: windows, even for the windows. To be honest, with. so we originally had twelve windows, huge, massive windows on the entire building. But then when we started to get quotes, I mean, who would have thought windows was two hundred thousand dollars? Like, whoa! So to scale back, we figured out that we didn't need the twelve. We scaled it back to eight and then we even took an approach where we could go from 8 to 4 huge you know just in thinking about the entrance and then the you know and all of that stuff um just depending on price right like how much we can get and if it was if if it's in our budget to do all or if we had to really scale back to just get the building open what we did uh, as we framed the inside of the the walls we framed the window portions where, you know, where they're all supposed to be. But we did it in a way where if we close the wall, because we can only, you know, at the, the budget would only allow us to say, let's say, do four windows versus 12. When it's time for us to actually add windows and stuff like that, all you have to do is just pop them in because it's already framed.
0: Mm, got it. So you're kind of preloading yourself for the future. That's really cool. Um, so at this point, have you booked any weddings yet?
1: So we intentionally, we have, right now we have a little over 30 uh, potential soft holds for next year. Okay. Uh, we have not taken any revenue, right, any deposits on that yet. And the reason for that is because um, we didn't want to, in good conscience, to take any deposits from anyone until we, at, we got all clearances. So the two clearances that we were waiting for was the fire marshal and the alcohol license. Um, the alcohol permit, if you will, we, we, we have the permit for the city. So according to the city, we can sell alcohol, but we were waiting on it from the state. Um, and the state cannot, we, we pretty much got the approval, but they can't give us the official approval until they actually come out and inspect. They cannot come out and inspect until we're done. Mm. Um, but the one big piece in that was the fire marshal. They recently, about two and a half weeks ago, actually gave us our clearance um, to go see. Mm-hmm. so we're, right now we are just kind of waiting, I guess there's no magic number um, just to, until we can have a, a clear date on when we're gonna open or at least a soft date we I mean it's kind of been pushed back a lot, but we now know that uh, early January is our potential soft opening mm-hmm. um, but until we get closer to that date, we will not take any deposits at all we're going to just do soft holds and then as soon as we know for certain this is going to be in the first week or second week of january now all of those soft holds we're going to give them first right of refusal to make their deposits um otherwise you know we'll just open those dates up
0: that's so cool because you're basically again you're kind of preloading yourself for success you're going to have an incredible first couple months because you've kind of already started doing some of that work right. moving Absolutely. forward I, I love that. That's such a good. That's such a good model and such a good way to start the business, especially when you have to be going through some of these unavoidable things. Um, I want to talk about, you know, like leads, marketing, some of those things in a little bit here. But I want to ask first about the permitting and the alcohol. Uh, license in your area. Was that challenging? Like, and I'm just speaking, coming from California, it's insane. I mean, it like, good luck getting a liquor license and permitting. It'll be a year, it'll be two years, maybe depending on what you want to get done. What's it like in that area of the country?
1: Well, believe it or not, right? So again, this, is, this, this all came by way of actually doing a lot of market research in terms of where we wanted to get the building and how we wanted things to go. Um, and because of my consulting firm, I have a lot of background, and just trying to, you know, just do some research, right? So, the area in which we are actually opening the building, there has been a need for something new and refreshing for years, and the we've we already had the buy-in once they realized that we we purchased the building. We already had the buy-in from the mayor, the, uh, the 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 city city hall everyone has kind of been on board because when they started to see the pictures of what we were, the concept of what we were bringing, it blew everyone's mind. And it was like, we will do everything that we can to help. And they did exactly that. And, you know, when we came, you know, they kind of walked us through the process um, and told us what we would need. And um, I would say we've probably had a lot of favor in, in the sense of, the community wants and needs that protect that type of facility there, so they were definitely motivated to help us in any way to you know fast track any type of permitting and licensing, and they did just that. They actually, again, they they saw the vision. They saw that it wasn't you know somebody that just purchased the building to say that hey we'll do something in two years. They knew how aggressive we were to bring that particular facility to that community, and all of the potential um, that will come out of it. Because again, right now they are having to go all kinds of places outside of their local area to to house certain events and stuff like that. So to have something of that particular magnitude that looks as nice as it was, as as it's going to be, um, they were just super happy to kind of help us push that through. So we didn't really have a lot of challenges. some learning curves about, you know, what all goes into it. But we didn't have a whole lot of challenges, I would say, in that regard.
0: Okay. And what about the liquor license?
1: That in itself has been, um, you know, again, one of those things where one of the, some of the things that we kind of ran into was, and here's, here's the part. So in the state of Louisiana, what we would truly need is a special event license, but when you when you think about special events, you can only get the permit, if you will, when there's a special event. And our case is unique because we can have an event every day for seven days a week. I don't want to go down to the city asking for a permit. So the city in itself decided, well, the state decided that they weren't going to issue any more special event liquor licenses because... Um, there was a a influx of liquor licenses that people were using saying that they were using it for this, but they were using it for something else. So um, they didn't want to issue it. So we ran into a situation where we can't necessarily get a a alcohol license as a restaurant because we're not a restaurant. Yeah. We can't get it as a bar because we're not a bar. So we needed a special uh, liquor license, you know, have, you know, that we're having. So I think, for us, what, what helped us to push the no to a yes was because they could. Act, we we did all of the legwork before. Again, my consulting firm specializes in helping people start from the foundation. So the wedding venue we had everything according to the Secretary of State. We had everything according to the federal for uh, 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 to the IRS. We had everything done foundationally. We had a landing page. We had you know, uh, some marketing material and stuff like that. So when we presented all of that information, they was like, oh, we can clearly see that you all are using this uh, for this particular purpose. And plus on top of that, we actually had the mayor of the city write a letter of recommendation as well, giving their sign off saying that, hey, you know, we, we definitely in support of it because they actually issued us our, uh, our alcohol permit for the city. Um, so we had to use that to submit everything to the state. Just to kind of sign off and say, yes, it's a true event center. They're literally going to be using it for this purpose and this purpose only. So um, it's pretty, pretty seamless at that point.
0: I think that's huge that you're able to get that local support because far too often I feel like venues and counties and cities are at odds because oh, it's gonna create traffic or you know, noise, or some of the different disturbances that you know, counties and cities aren't that happy about. But in your case, you very much partnered with them, and that's been a competitive advantage. That's that's incredible. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: After everything you've been through and you're still going through right now as you're through, you know, going through the construction process, um, I know that you purchased an existing building and then remodeled it. If you were to go back and give yourself, you know, nine months, a year ago, some advice, would you say it's a great, you know, would you kind of go through the process of remodeling an existing building, or because of what you know now about how you had to kind of restructure some things, um, would you say maybe it's better to just build it from the ground up?
1: Well, I would say this. Um, building it from the ground up has its advantages because you know everything is gonna be brand new. The challenge with that is getting the buy-in from the community because the building was already being used as that and they already went through all of those approvals many, many, many years ago for it to even be there. It was, it's definitely beneficial to purchase a property that you can potentially, you know, remodel. Because again, we had the, the idea of a uh, liquor license, the idea of a noise ordinance, and all of those things that you have to like really consider, a lot of those hurdles were already crossed before us. Mm. And now that we are, we, it's almost like we are saying that, hey, we're coming to the community to not take away what's there, but just to enhance it, to actually make it you know uh, more unique and more grand. Um, it was easier to sell in that aspect. Um, yeah. So I think if I had to do it all over again, um, and some of the other things that come to play is, A, how much is the building versus the actual value? What type of equity that you already have into it? Because that plays a part into it as well. So I think uh, for us, like I said, it was we, we, we purchased the property and we already had equity in, in it already. We already had about $70,000, $60,000 $60, worth of equity at the time of purchase. Um, so the The building was worth, you know, X amount of dollars. Like say, four hundred and sixty thousand plus the land. We paid four hundred. We already have sixty thousand dollars in equity. Plus, once you put your twenty percent down, right? Yeah. Now that equity went from sixty grand on up. So even if, you know, from that perspective, it was a, it was kind of like a good deal. Yeah. And because that's what I was thinking more so long long term. How can we? what if it doesn't work yeah. like worst case scenario if it didn't work with our down payment plus the already positive side of equity we wouldn't have lost anyway as a matter of fact we would have you know gained um you know providing that we could have sell it pretty quick and now that we've gone through you know the construction cost and the appraisal um i would definitely do this do it this round again because now um we have the potential today uh, to have uh, more than $1.5 million of equity.
0: Wow. Wow. That is insane. That's insane because it's, you know, have you heard of a, a show called bigger pockets?
1: Uh, heard of it, never saw it.
0: So it's like a real estate thing. It's a podcast or whatever. They basically do this strategy, the BRRRR strategy where you buy rehab refinance than like repeat the whole process. So basically, if you guys did take out a loan and go through the whole you know, process like that, you know, you're basically refinancing on the now, substantially different, but that is insane. That is crazy. Good for you guys. I love that. Okay.
1: So I would definitely do it in this way, again, given the current circumstances, absolutely.
0: Definitely. Well, shoot, I definitely would too. It's a great, it's a great, great choice there. Okay. so. Let's talk really quick, so we talked about liquor license, we talked about permitting, um, as far as uh, marketing goes, and then actually before we get into marketing, so you mentioned you were living in Houston currently, and then you're in your venue is in Louisiana, and it sounds like you're from that area, so you have maybe some connections, but I mean, what's the drive or flight?
1: Well, so... Uh our entire family uh, pretty much uh, still lives in Louisiana. That's where our roots are. Um, And one of the things that we we, we thought is we can bring this particular venue uh, to the community. And even with all of the things that we have going on in our personal lives, we have trusted family members that can kind of, you know, look after things in the event that we weren't available, our staff wasn't available. So we wanted something that, can be easily accessible outside of some of the other things that we actually have personally going on as well. Um, so the drive is—I mean, from where we are now, there's about a three-hour drive, um, and the commute—it's—it's—you know—it's—it's—it's kind of one of those things where we know why we are commuting. It's not like if we're just going there just kind of hang out every weekend, you know. So we know why we're doing why we're doing it, and then. Plus, when we aren't able to get there for whatever reason, again, um, we do have family member that goes and opens the building, closes the building, you know, for the construction workers and things of that nature. So, um, I mean, it's been pretty pretty easy peasy in that regard, you know, um, no, no real struggles from there, to be honest. And our goal is, and what we plan to do is, once we do open, we are going to spend a lot of time, at least for the foreseeable future for the first six to eight months there. Uh, So the majority of our time will be spent there versus here because our current uh, uh, jobs, I mean, I I can pretty much, you know, do my job from anywhere in the world on a laptop, just based on my customers. A lot of the work that we do is remote anyway. So I can work from there, you know, three, four, five months in a row if I wanted to, it wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, stop anything. and she can do it as well over you know with her, with her business so strategically we 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 did it in a way where we can be in either city at any given time and business will happen you know as usual so no issues there
0: Totally. Well, and one of the things I love about this also is you, you said it in the beginning, you know, like you want to be able to do multiple events or multiple venues like this. You want to kind of create a model that you can replicate in different cities. And sure. the cool thing about this is you already you already did it like three hours away. So if you can kind of keep that instead of doing something in your backyard where you're used to being able to drive over there. So, so quickly, it's just far enough away where you got to think about it a little bit before you go over there, which would be perfect. Because as you think about doing venues in other places, you know, that will be an advantage that you've already got used to remotely operating it. I love that.
1: And plus, you know, a smaller community that is, you know, a few miles away from a bigger city, uh, I would probably, strategically, that would probably be uh, my, my target area because A, the smaller communities would be a bit more receptive, especially if you're bringing something new to their to, to their area that would be beneficial to some of the things that they have going on. And plus, you know what I found out is with the smaller communities, working with um, the permitting offices and things of that nature, it, 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 it's it's much easier than some of the major cities where you got to go through all of these loopholes and let you know somebody and stuff like that. So for me. One of the things that I took I took away from that is as we go to open other venues around the world, you know, the country, um, my target won't be the major city. It will be, you know, maybe a little community, you know, eight, 10 miles outside of it. And because for our wedding, we drove an hour away from our home to go to our wedding. So people were going to if it's a nice facility, they're going to drive there. So that's, that's kind of the approach that we took.
0: Totally. People are totally willing to drive. People are willing to fly. So like the wedding venue doesn't have, even though it is physically bound in the case in sense of geographically, you know, the geography of it is important. People do travel. When you're looking and doing some of the research, some of the market research and things like that to help you understand how much you want to put your price point at and kind of some of that market research, um, do you are you primarily serving weddings? Are you serving a variety of different types of events? And then kind of roughly at what price points are you looking at setting the venue at?
1: Well, so uh, according to the particular area that we're in the average uh, wedding uh, today will cost about $24,000. And then over the course of the next five years that $24,000 will creep up to $38,000. So for, for me, And what we have is unique as well. Um, The price point has to be conducive to the way that we're actually pricing it. So we are not allowing outside food, right? Everything has to be catered. Um, The way that we've created the the, the packaging and the pricing is we're going to be a one-stop shop. So when you come to us, you don't have – if you need a wedding planner, we're going to provide it for you. You don't have to do anything, but you pay the money. We take care of everything else. And we broke it down into three different packages um, where you have, you know, an entry level package, you know, a mid range, and then, you know, the sky's the limit at that point. But, and then we're gonna have a team of, you know, people, whether it be caterers, a team of, you know, music, you know, everything is gonna be in teams, if you will. So a person can come and actually purchase that particular package for that particular thing and stuff like that. So when we're talking about the market, I wanted to make sure that we we stay at a price point where it's conducive for the market, but would also be conducive for um, a price increase as we see fit as well. So I think a lot of that kind of played into it as well.
0: Totally. So something where you you know you can adjust from as you get experience, as you get some of the different levers that you're going to need to figure out. But okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, as far as marketing goes and kind of is, is the, the final piece of this and then also a question is coming up i ask everybody but your favorite part and your least favorite part uh, i know your venue's not open yet but we'll, we'll just dive into like what your least and most favorite part is about this whole process so far but as far as marketing how are you getting the word out there about what you're doing uh, whether it's in the local community or instagram or like how are you getting the word out to folks that there's you know come January of 2023, you've got this hot new venue in the area that you got to come see.
1: Well, so my, my, my wife is really good in the, the social media space. She does a really good job at, you know, making sure that she's posting it. Um, one of the things that we, we, we wanted to do was make sure that we're not just, you know, posting these, uh, these random thought pictures or stuff like that. Uh, what we've been doing is we, we gave people the the 3D rendering, Uh, we had a 3D rendering of the venue made with some pictures. So we kind of gave them that. But what we've also been doing was actually posting the progress along the way. I mean, from architectural drawings to, you know, where it is now to where it's going. Plus, you know, tapping into our our local community uh, leaders as well, um, using our influence and some of the people that we know to kind of help in that uh, process as well. And then we're constantly just you know, using it, uh, you know, from a social media perspective, um, making those particular posts. And we also use our own personal wedding uh, photos as, a, as a, a way of saying, hey, this is what you can kind of expect uh, at this particular venue.
0: Got it. Because that was your inspiration. That's kind of where you're coming from, from the perspective. That makes, that makes total sense. Okay, so, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you on. I want to stay in touch because I want to have you back on at your year anniversary. I totally believe you guys are going to crush it. And, you know, like I, I'm just really excited for you guys. But like I said, I want to ask the question. I always ask all the guests uh, at the end of each show, which is, what's your least favorite part? And then we got to end on a high note. What's your most favorite part of this process so far as, as you're here a month or two out, uh, hopefully from, from a, an opening?
1: Um, my least favorite part is depending on other people and or uh, vendors for their timelines or their commitments and stuff like that. I think that's probably the toughest part because for me, I've always been a guy like, you know, I hate hearing the word no. I think anything can possibly happen or, you know, having to kind of wait in line. Uh, for things to get done. So I think that's probably been my least favorite part is just kind of having to wait on everyone's one everyone else's timeline. Uh, the, the, the best part about this process is um, it's just seeing how many lives that we're impacting and we're not even open yet. There are so many people that are excited about it. So many people that literally want to be a part of it. Uh, my wife made a post uh, saying, that hey, vendors need it. And it's just keep blowing it up. Uh, Because we know that we're bringing something unique to the area, we know that we're bringing something uh, that's one of a kind. So just to to know what the end game is and to to kind of see little glimpses of it, that's kind of been the most rewarding part of it of it all. And then you know, it goes without saying, just being able to actually have a a a business that you know I'm able to partner with my wife on is probably Mm
0: -hmm. the icing on the cake. That's so cool. I love that. I work with my wife, and it's it is neat. It comes with its own. Challenges and all that, as you probably know, but yeah. um, it's it's awesome. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. It's been been great having you on. And like I said, we're gonna have to keep in touch and do a little one year anniversary interview, kind of see how things are been. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey there, thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads, we're not really looking to do that, but we do wanna grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on YouTube, I'd I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.